everybody. Welcome to a tired episode of It's the Kid Michael Show. I am your host, Tired Kid Michael, <laughs> and I'm here with George Pacheco, your co-host. Are you tired, George? I actually am also really tired. I am so tired. Um, I, you know this, but I've been, um, partying a little bit, um, safely like not like i'm not like going out like seeing a million people and like you know breathing in the same space and whatnot it's like socially distant safe parties um i went to two parties it sounds like i've been like partying all week but just like they were so close to each other that like i'm just really tired now you know um i had my fill for like a uh the next uh while you know what i mean you've been partying too right yeah, I was. I attended my brother-in-law's birthday party. Uh-huh. And he invited all like our work friends that I used mm-hmm. to work with, and I also went over to one of my old friends' house in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Oh, was that? So it's like, oh, it was great. We had a great time. Uh huh. Beer pong and uh, card games. Do you uh, uh do you go hard on uh, like like do you drink a lot at parties or what's your with my with those friends? Yeah, we drink a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this one, I had to get up early, so I just had a few, like, a few beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, last night, like, usually I, I, you know me, I drink, like, very, very little, because I'm, like, really deathly afraid of alcohol, but, yeah, the, uh, last night, we were having, like, vodka with seltzer, and I just couldn't taste the vodka, so for some reason that made me drink way more of it than I would. Um, yeah. And now I'm very tired. I also started school this week, so starting school and two parties is not a good combination. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I babysat today. I don't know. I've just had such a week, dude. I want to go back to Buffalo. Oh my god, I I just need to get to bed early tonight. Uh, we're recording a little late today. Uh, this is we always record on Fridays. I don't know if you guys know that, but right now around like it's three usually. yeah around three. But that's got to change now that I'm in school. Um, but uh, we just let the time slip, and it's like eight fifty four p.m., which is not like late for most people, but for me, it's like I'm winding down. Um. Anyway, I don't have a lot of notes this week, uh, you know, because I've been out doing stuff. So it's like I don't really have time to write anything down. Uh, I have a few things, though. Um, let's talk about, uh, you see anything this week? Any movies? Hmm. I actually did. I saw Overlord. Overlord? That's the... J.J. Abrams, Bad Robot, yeah. made that? Yeah. I remember... Um, there was like a, a is, that, is that your nephew? Yeah, it is. Uh, um, there was a a phase where everything Bad Robot put out that was like an original science fiction project. Everyone was like, okay, so this is Cloverfield, and everyone uh, and thought they were like so fed up with it. That yeah, they were like you know, fuck it, this is Cloverfield, <laughs> and they just ham fisted it in. Yeah, but Overlord isn't Cloverfield, right? No, not okay. Yeah, that was the one that everyone was like sure was a Cloverfield movie. Um, one of them was, like, God Particle or whatever became the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, and um, it totally was not meant to be, you could tell, in the writing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, it, it was good. No, I'm not going to say that. It was okay. Uh, I know J.J. Abrams and, as a whole, the, um, 
Bad Bad Robot studio. Mm-hmm. Wants to separate themselves from Cloverfield. They like making high quality standalone, like uh, mystery box sci-fi. Is that movie. true? Are they like done with Cloverfield? I think I think they are. They wanted uh, it to be the whole time, by the way. That's a bummer. I love I love they what they were doing with like Ten oh. Cloverfield Lane and like I just like the idea that it was like a Twilight Zone type franchise. I Ten Cloverfield Lane was standalone, right? and nothing to do with Cloverfield in the original. Uh. Not until the Cloverfield Paradox, in which it is kind of connected. Right, because Cloverfield Paradox... to make... What? What were you saying? You wanted to make what? I I wanted to just make standalone uh, horror movies, and not... Like, by connecting it to a universe, they ruined Cloverfield. Uh-huh. And they ruined all those standalone movies that were meant to be standalone, that had to be, like, married to Cloverfield. I don't know. I don't. I didn't see Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, it's like on my list. But when I Cloverfield Paradox didn't feel like it was like tied down to to uh, Cloverfield until like the last second. Obviously, yeah. When the Cloverfield monster comes out, I didn't hate that ending. It didn't have to be that. Most people I did. Did hate it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. It it was. I, like, if it was just a standalone movie, the script was standalone. It had a different ending. Like, the movie was supposed to be so different, and um, to marry it to an actually good movie, they killed it. All yeah. I ask, all I ask is that they just leave Cloverfield alone or give it a real full-fledged sequel. Uh, do you know what the ending was supposed to be? No, I don't. I, but uh, the original script's called God Particle, and it leaked. Yeah. Oh, okay. And people find out that they they kind of butchered it just to get it into Cloverfield. And Ten Cloverfield Lane was good on its own merits. Don't watch it thinking it's going to be anything related to Cloverfield. It was just a good movie. Mm-hmm. It was just its own little good movie. Well, Cloverfield, the Cloverfield movies are kind of, I, I find, connected uh, by the fact that the, the source of fear in every Cloverfield movie thus far has been, like... Not knowing what the fuck is happening. Oh, I, I, that's totally cool. I like that too. Like, um, even I, I would have also not minded if they just called the movies Cloverfield something, uh-huh. and that was just kind of like the tying thing. Yeah, which is what they were doing like until that now. third one. Mm-hmm. I was okay with that. I liked Ten Cloverfield Lane because that itself was a great movie. I liked Cloverfield because that was a great movie, and I didn't like Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox because that was a bad movie that ruined two good movies on top of ruining itself. You don't... You you, you think it ruined the previous two movies? It's kind of like Star the new Star Wars movies, how uh-huh. they kind of ruined the lore of the last movies. Hmm. Like, they destroyed the extended universe. Okay, you want to start fresh? Uh, Palpatine is back. Okay. Uh, that kind of destroys all the momentum of the last... Like, the... the, the Return of the Jedi? Movies. Yeah. Uh, the Empire never really got destroyed. Okay, that kind of makes literally, like, that entire original trilogy useless. And uh, Leia's, like, banished from, like, the Empire. Like, the, I mean, the, uh, the Republic? Democratic Society. The Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, How do we always no, get back here? Have, it was so weird, right? What? It, it's like, it doesn't ruin the original movies. But it kind of takes what the original movies had and takes away all their stakes. I guess. They're still good movies on their own. Mm-hmm. The original trilogy, and to that extent, the prequels, are still fun movies. 
I'm not gonna say they're good because the prequels aren't good, but they are mm-hmm. fun. Uh, and that's what Cloverfield Paradox did to me. It it didn't make good movies bad. It kind of like took the air out of good movies. Mm-hmm. So I kind of choose to ignore it. Yeah. I, well, I still Paradox isn't. I still have hope they'll do more Cloverfield movies. Uh, I want sci-fi movies. My, the cool part of Cloverfield is, the, the, uh, is that, like all those movies have those. I don't even know if Ten Cloverfield, uh, not Clover, that, not that one, Cloverfield Paradox. I don't know if Cloverfield Paradox had the marketing campaign that the other two had, because the other two, you know, like part of the fun was that there were like real websites and whatnot. Yeah, and no, you could like try that. to figure out what was happening. I don't think any of that oh, was that in awesome. uh, Cloverfield Paradox. No, no, it, it really truly was such a, a half-assed attempt. You could tell that they already filmed one movie, and they had to, like, do reshoots tied to something because it turned out crappy. Mm. Um, I should watch that again. I don't know why I feel like I should watch that movie again. Uh, but I, I should watch... Have other things higher on the list. Probably. I should watch 10 Cloverfield Lane first, though. I also... I've been like craving. Do you want, if you're watching any of the Star Trek movies? I'm not talking like J.J. Abrams. I'm talking like the Star Trek movies that tie into the shows and whatnot. I don't actually. Uh, so I'm a big uh, Next Generation fan. Uh, did you watch the shows at all? No. Okay. Uh, there's my one of my favorite Star Trek movie that I've been craving and I'm wanting to watch recently um, is called Star Trek: First Contact, and it's amazing because it's like a zombie Star Trek movie. It's, uh, so, like, it's also a time travel movie, which is, like, a whole other part of the movie, but, um, the Borg is the species in Star Trek that are, like, uh, zombie cyborgs, so it's, like, uh, when you get assimilated into the Borg, you, like, lose your, you cease to be yourself, you lose your individuality, and then you're kind of like a zombie with a laser gun on your arm, um, and so half of the movie... Half of the crew has gone back in time, um, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know how that connects. I have to watch it again. But half of the crew is on the Earth back in time, trying to make sure that this guy uh, in the past builds a ship in order to make first contact with alien life to, like, you know, spur off the whole franchise. They're doing that. And then the other half are stuck on the ship with the Borg. Um, uh-huh. I, I do know what the Borg are, though. Yeah, uh, but I, I love that movie. Um, I might watch it again today. Uh, not today, but I might watch it again soon, because I really want to watch it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I totally forgot. What did you say you watched? Oh, Overlord. So, Overlord's a zombie movie, right? No, not no. really. I, ex- I came in expecting that. It, it's more of a mutant movie. Like, there's a, uh, a liquid like a random liquid that like you stab into yourself mm-hmm. and makes you a super strong super like like still completely sentient not flesh eating at all in any way like super soldier mm-hmm. that's uh, nothing to do really with zombies so there are like like it keeps you alive no matter what uh-huh. and it does bring you back from the dead technically but um, they're not really flesh eating they're not really hordes of zombies they're it's kind of disappointing uh, the whole movie was really disappointing. You didn't like it? I, I thought uh, it's the most, like... Uh, a, a lot of the problems that the Bad Robot movies have is that they kind of, like... 
in in an effort to reproduce those bad like uh, like paperbacks and uh, pulp fiction sci-fi stories post world war ii mm-hmm. they become a bad story yeah like the same reason those pulp fiction and those paperbacks were bad is the same reason that this story in the modern day is also bad if not worse like uh things are real fucky in the whole movie uh the movie's kind of a snore it's really corny mm-hmm. um it, it's it's low budget as fuck like mm-hmm. it's real low budget these are paratroopers on like d-day and there's like four actors tops that are like first like th- that there's only four characters the whole way through uh-huh. um it's real corny real bad real cliche not in like a tongue-in-cheek way more like in like you're not you're not inspired by it. you're just copying their homework kind of thing yeah uh if you watch it it'll be kind of a boring watch um it won't really have you on the edge of the seat you can even predict what's gonna happen mm-hmm. the whole way through um also it has like one of the worst rape scenes i've ever seen in my life there's a rape scene in it there's a rape scene in it oh my it's god oh so, like it's especially uncomfortable because you're like i don't know you when you see it you're gonna you're gonna just cringe not because of like of course the villain does it too by the way which is like what all modern movies do uh-huh. now where it's like if you want to show that the bad guy is especially bad you you make him rape somebody yeah and um i thought that was necessary he's already a nazi i don't know what, like i don't know why you got to make him like an extra extra bad guy yeah uh you know what movie uh i might get some shit for this but you know what movie i think has a, such an incredibly unnecessary and stupid rape scene is pulp fiction um like at first glance you might not think so but the whole do you know the reason that scene is even in the movie can you remind me where the rape scene is uh, when Marcellus Wallace and oh, Bruce yeah, Willis. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But you know why that scene's even in the movie? Why? Okay, I can't remember the name of the movie I'm thinking of, but what's that movie <clears throat> where the guys go out in the wilderness and a bunch of hillbillies like terrorize them? Hills have eyes. No. Uh, it's like, hold on, with the dueling banjos. Dueling banjos movie. Uh, Deliverance. Oh, okay. You ever seen that movie? No. So Deliverance is a movie about these guys, these business guys, I think. I haven't seen it. I just, um, my friend was telling me about it. My friend Adam, former co-host, was telling me about it because he's seen it. It's um, this movie about these these businessmen who go <clears throat> into, out into the wilderness uh, to go camping and canoeing and all this fun stuff. And then these hillbillies... Uh, just like terrorize them and they rape one of them um, and it's like a really fucked movie it's just about like guys going to the woods and having the worst time anyway the reason there's a rape scene in Pulp Fiction is because it's an homage and a shot for shot remake of the rape scene in Deliverance which is and the this is why I totally think Quentin Tarantino has like autism I, this is, yeah. That's the worst reason to put a rape scene in a movie. Yeah, just to be like, oh, that movie did it, and I, I get to do it too. Yeah, it's... Like, he is so fucking odd sometimes, where you're like, there's no way this dude doesn't have, like, something. You know? Yeah. I think he said he's been tested. But uh, I really respect his, his dedication to the film craft. 
uh -huh. to the point where he's putting like homages to like these like really further and further like uh, more like obscure films uh -huh. at a certain point like I don't know I don't even know what to say about it it's it's just Quentin Tarantino is weird he's a weird guy yeah um I hate I like I, maybe this would make me a bad filmmaker in the long run but I don't have the stomach for that kind of stuff I can't like watch a movie go that far you know what I mean well the good thing about any story is you get to choose what like um your stories are about yeah like a lot of people would be like um when they defend a rape scene in a novel or a movie not that they're either bad or good I'm uh -huh. pretty neutral towards them but when they defend it when someone says it's gratuitous they'd say it happens in real life or um it has to be a part of the story mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have to ever be a part of a story. Yeah. Because, um, like, like your, like it's your story. You get to craft it whatever way you want. Uh, yeah. You really can do whatever you want. It's a made-up story. If it's a like, if it's an autobiography or something, that and the main character gets like the real-life mm -hmm. person that you're writing um, this non-fiction novel about gets raped, mm -hmm. it'd be disingenuous to not put in the fact that something mm -hmm. happened to them. But in like a story, you could totally just not. Like nothing yeah. happens. Like, I I just Martin I'm just so not a fan of shock cinema. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think that's a good use of my time to watch a movie that's gonna like repulse me. That's why I never watch any of that human centipede type stuff. Like I can't like I don't want to watch something that is designed to be like horrible. I don't I don't know why I would subject myself to that. Um, you, did you see the movie Hereditary? I did. I, I, I have, loved it. I haven't seen it, but I found out recently that the guy that made that movie made that short film. Uh, I think it's called Something Wrong with the Jeffersons or something. Do you know this one? No. I, I hate having to keep coming back to the same subject, but this short film is about this, uh, this young... Uh, well, it starts with this little kid, and he's in his ba uh, bedroom, and his dad catches him masturbating. And his dad's like, it's okay, you know, it's, um, uh, everyone does it, you know, the whole speech. And then he leaves, and the kid finishes, and, like, he drops the picture, and it's his dad. My God. Yeah, and so the entire short film is about how this kid, like, as he grow has grown up, has been, like, raping his dad for, like, 30 years. That's the whole short film. That's, like, that's, that's literally, like, what it's about. And it ends with the dad, like, trying to, like, write a book about it and, like, tell people that his son is doing this. And the son catches him, so he runs outside and gets hit by a car. Okay. Uh, if you're really not gonna like uh, that type of stuff... Uh-huh. First, like, A24 movies are not your, like, ballpark. I don't know, I liked, uh... A24 movie horror is, is like... What would you like? Um, Ex Machina. That's A24. Well, yeah, they, they've kind of left that cool little, like, area uh -huh. of horror, and I think they're, like, pigeonholing themselves a little bit. I know that's crazy to say, because their movies are so varied and different, mm -hmm. but a lot of their movies are about this type of horror, where it's just kind of like, like, oh, shit, if that happened to me, that'd be really, like, that suck. That yeah. Like, Hereditary is going to be one of the most, like, it's, it's a really strong film with of this topic that you're bringing up. Uh -huh. there's, I, there's no rape scene. But it is incredibly uncomfortable. It is the whole time just like such a dread to go through. Yeah. 
So why why do you like going through that? I, I actually don't. I try to avoid movies like that. But you said and you like the movie. I saw in theaters. Oh, it's a good movie. It's still a good movie. It's a great horror movie. It's actually one of the, the best horror movies. But is it a movie it's you want to watch? Uh, no. I don't ever want to watch it again. But I'm glad I did watch it. I'm really glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a cinema like fan, you, mm-hmm. you have to watch it, I think, at least once. You know, I was um, in class the other day uh and i have i'm in a um you know whatsapp with a bunch of the other screenwriting students and the the professor was asking us all to like name movies that we can the question was like name one of your favorite movies that you can remember the ending of and like the reason he asked us that never really tied together so i have no idea why he asked us that but um he kept going through the list and every time you like everyone raise your hand if you've seen this movie and like I had to like at some point go in the chat and be like, guys, I swear I've seen a movie. But like, it's crazy how many. Uh, I don't know. I guess a lot of these film school movies uh, I haven't seen. I guess that came up because someone mentioned Hereditary, and that's why I'm just thinking about it. But um, oh. yeah, there's so many. Uh, there's so many movies out there. It's like you could you could have a conversation with me and mention like a bunch of movies. And I'll talk about all of them, or you could have that same conversation with me about like a bunch of other movies, and I'll like not know any of them. And it's not because I don't watch a lot of movies; it's just because um, I don't like. We've talked about this before. I don't watch movies um, for the sake of being like, like it's not like a bucket list for me, even if it kind of should be. It's like I'll find a movie I want to watch and I'll watch it, or. But like, and I, I don't really care about like seeing the greatest movies of all time. You know what I mean? But but you have seen like Muppets Take Manhattan, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all. That Where did that come movie. from? I I don't know. It's it's a movie I know you would have watched at some point, but I <laughs> never watched. And I think most people I know have not watched. But I know you've watched it. How do you know I've watched it? Other than that, I just I told know. you. I just know. I just I I don't know. That that's such a random. That was confident yeah. thing, right? Um, but if you watched Muppet Second Hand, but you haven't watched, like, The Godfather. Oh, I've watched half of, like, The Godfather. I don't, I don't want to expose myself on, uh, on my own podcast about how, uh, how little I give a shit about that movie. Um, but, yeah, eventually I'll finish The Godfather, and maybe I'll like it more at that time. But right now I really don't care about the godfather i'm over it um muppets take manhattan's pretty great <laughs> it, i'm sure it is it's a good Actually, one i think i think i've i i watch video essays like all uh-huh. day that's like my thing and i'll watch video essays about movies i've never watched uh-huh uh, you just remind me of something video I'm, essay about muppets take manhattan what i'm gonna put a cork in it because I'm, i want to say something else first uh, and that is that Muppets Take Manhattan is such a funny movie to me because it's the only like I, Muppets doesn't really take itself seriously I feel like it doesn't even need to be said but like it's funny to me that Muppets Take Manhattan is the one time they made a movie and they felt the need to retcon it because oh, it's not canon anymore? it's not canon because um, well the way they explained I, I read this somewhere oh, no I was watching the new Muppets show on Disney Plus um, Muppets Now and they mentioned Muppets Take Manhattan because in that movie, Miss Piggy and Kermit get married at the end. 
Um, oh. And so they, it was like questions from the audience, and this one asked Miss Piggy, like, are you and Kermit married? No, it wasn't even on the show. It was, uh, you know that those uh, autocomplete interviews on YouTube? The Wired autocomplete yeah. interview where like they, they yeah. it's like, is so-and-so. They had that with Miss Piggy and Kermit, and it says, is, is Miss Piggy married? And she was like, well, um, uh, Kermit and I, like, the way she's, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she was like, you know, in, in one of these movies, Kermit and I performed in Muppets Take Manhattan, and part of the role was to get married. It was like, they were like, yeah, the, we got oh, married, wow. but like, we're actors. And we're also Muppets. <laughs> it's like... Also, I would not bring that up. If I was in a play where I'd marry somebody at the end of it, and somebody asked me, have you been married? I wouldn't be like, oh, I was married once in a play. Yeah. I'd be like, no. <laughs> it's weird that they've gone out of their way to be like, it's not, like, that one movie is the Muppets acting. I feel like, <laughs> if we were more on the nose, they'd just be like, oh, um, she, like, Miss Peggy would just look into the camera and be like, like Muppet Sick Manhattan is not canon. Uh-huh. It does not acknowledge that. It, it's um, it's from the it's fr- it's from the uh, the Big Bird Challenger timeline. <laughs> None of that Big counts. Was, <laughs> hey, Big Bird is a Sesame Street. What? Big Bird is Sesame Street, right? Yeah, but sometimes he's in Muppet movies. He's in the Muppet movie. He's in Muppet Sick Manhattan. They can't do that anymore because of Disney and shit. But like, oh, fucking Disney. Yeah. But also fucking Warner Brothers, because HBO is hoarding uh, Sesame Street, which is somehow to me more sinister than Disney owning the Muppets, because... No, it is. It is, yeah. Because Sesame Street should be totally accessible for uh, kids with low income. Sesame Street was made so that poor kids could, like, see a show Mm -hmm. and be able to relate it to um, to their surroundings. And that's not even, like, my interpretation of it. That's what the creator of Sesame Street... Like, that's why they're in the barrio and shit. That's why, like, there's, like, homeless people. Yeah. And, uh, like, the they're living, like, not projects, but those, that, like, those houses. Yeah. Seems. I mean, they kind of live in nice brownstones, but... Well, now they're nice brownstones, because all of Manhattan got gentrified up until Harlem. But back then, that was, like, the shitty area of Manhattan. Do you think in-universe in uh, monsters are, like, minorities? I don't know what I meant by that, it's like but like, a caste system. what? It's like a caste system. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know where you are in the caste system, you're at the bottom. Yeah, it's like every human character has a job on that show, but none of the monsters yeah, like do. They, they can't get work. Buy suits. They go like get your life together, and yeah. like they just walk, they leave. And then the, the minority <laughs> humans are just kind of like always kids, but they live in the barrio. Fucking like. And the monsters live in trash cans. Uh, fucking like Elmo on like 60 Minutes or something giving an interview and he's like you know when you're a monster you gotta work twice as hard as the guy next to you <laughs> four times as, as the guy in the suit yeah it's like you know they, they look at me and you see a fucking sock puppet <laughs> I don't know this is getting really into who framed Roger Rabbit yeah <laughs> this is uh I think we just wrote I think we just came up with who frames Roger Rabbit again <laughs> But with Muppets. But with Muppets. It's completely less interesting in every yeah. imaginable way. Um, what was I? Oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to say earlier is because you met, brought up video essays. You reminded me um, that there was a person. I want to be vague about this because I don't want to get caught saying it about someone. But there was a person uh, who was talking. I'm just going to say it was someone in a class that I was in. 
Uh, I hope I don't get shit for that, but I, I, I just want to talk about it. And they were saying... Um, they were talking about how they hate movies with bad acting, was the first thing they said. And then they went on to say, um, I hate movies with plot holes. I can't stand plot holes. And they the next thing they said was something along the lines of, like, I watch all these... I'm obsessed with these YouTube videos about things wrong with movies. Uh-huh. And that immediately, like, you're watching movies wrong. Yeah. You can't... Like, I hate... Like, I hate cinema sins. Oh, I, uh, I straight up boycott CinemaSins because <laughs> the people who make it are apparently super shitty people. Really? Why? What, what's and, up with that? Um, there's, there's a whole video essay uh, about it. Everything uh, wrong with CinemaSins? Yeah, actually, it's called that. It's Is it really called that? that? That's so good. It's really called that. It's a self-naming video. <laughs> yeah, um, it writes itself. And uh, they're apparently such... like they, they say that like they don't really mean any of the criticisms. Uh-huh. But uh, that they specifically go after movies they like and and don't I mean they don't like mm-hmm. in very vicious ways. Yeah. Uh, and that like they kind of did this because they know that like people will just watch fifty of these in a row mm-hmm. and make them a ton of money and they don't have to put any effort into the videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same joke over and over again. Most of their continuity errors. Like, do, do you ever watch a movie mm-hmm. like on Cinema Sense that you actually watched in real life or are a big like fan of? Mm-hmm. And then they call something a continuity error, but you're like, that's not a continuity error. They're just, they're just stupid. Yeah. Like they'll like let's say they. But even when knife. sorry you continue. They introduce like a knife, right? Uh-huh. The first like act, and then third act they take out the knife and it saves the day, and they're like, oh, the knife was never it was never introduced. That's Simpson Bing. Yeah. And like were you not fucking paying attention? That was very well set up. It's. I don't like this idea that, we're, that you're watching a movie and, and doing math. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, okay. It's like movies like, are allowed to have plot holes. It's called the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, like Jurassic Park with a uh-huh. like the the, uh, the T Rex pit turns into a fucking chasm. Yeah, there's so many like things wrong with that movie, but it's so good. Who cares? Yeah. Like if you're there to have a fun time, who's there going like the terrain doesn't match up? like what was established in the scene prior mm-hmm. or anything like that and then or like and then every 10 uh, every 10 like points they make in those videos they say something really stupid that's not even like it's just them trying to make a joke yeah it's like they'll they'll like mention some legitimate things and they'll be like this actress isn't sucking my dick in this scene and they take off a point yeah and it was like jeez dude yeah like that that's that, that one it's uh I think specific says blank isn't giving me a lap dance that's what it is and it's a sin and then I'm just like disgusted by that. I was like, "That's yeah. gross, dude." That is, I don't, I don't know why they don't get more shit for that. Um, yeah, straight up, just kind of like, they just call the horny police on those people, man. Yeah. Uh, well, CinemaSins is garbage. Yeah, but my, but like that. That's why I thought like, I no, no disrespect to the person who said all this stuff, but I was like, it's not, it's not how you watch movies. Um, yeah. Uh, and you got to get out of that mind frame. Yeah, because they're more experiences. Who cares about, like, if things really... I mean, like, a, a huge, huge amount of plot holes usually is indicative of um, lazy screenwriting. Uh-huh. There's, a, like, continuity things that are important, I feel, to keep the... Because too many things kind of snap you out of an experience and remind you you're watching a movie. It is important. Uh-huh. But when I was watching the Jurassic Park scene, the T-Rex coming out, and then he was pushing the kids into the pit... Mm-hmm. And it was a chasm. I did not like blink. 
Yeah, it's it's just moving. I didn't even consider it. I didn't like. I didn't think about it at all, my dude. Um, That's good screenwriting. A little bad continuity, but it's good. Yeah. If like there's so many plot holes, where like you're not even watching the film anymore, you're just kind of like counting them. That's bad. You fucked up. Your story can like your story does suffer. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting down there and waiting for like flaws in a story, um, you're you're just a douchebag. Like yeah. it's such a douchey way to go watch a movie. Um, go have some fun. It's okay. Yeah, and then um, I I don't even think bad acting uh, should necessarily take you out of a movie. Uh, maybe that's just more personally me, but I don't know when I when I see a movie with bad acting, it doesn't ruin it for me. It just like makes me think that this is like someone wouldn't say that in real life or deliver that line that way in real life then it's like okay this is just the structure of the world i'm watching i i actually don't notice bad uh acting for the most part like at all um like i'll watch a movie like it go read about it like on reddit and they'll be like oh that actor was garbage mm-hmm. and i was like i i was never taken out from the suspense mm-hmm. because i guess some people watch movies and some people just go like enjoy mm-hmm. themselves for an hour and 30 minutes is, is it a controversial hot take to say that 90 percent of bad acting is just bad writing mm, I, I feel like there's a pretty be- bad acting. because if a line is delivered like poorly it's i i feel like more often than not it's because it's a dumb line I mean, you could go down the path where you're like, a good actor could deliver any line. Mm-hmm. Or you could go down the line, like the route where it's like, uh, like good writing could make up for bad actors. Right. But what I think specifically of is the actors in Twilight. Like, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart have gone on to prove that they're... not to be like rock stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, everyone thought they were such shit actors. Yeah, like, they're, like, Kristen Stewart has, like, one face and one emotion and, like, one tone. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, it, honestly, I blame the director. Mm-hmm. Well, I, br- I, blame, I, I blame Stephanie Meyer, but <laughs> if you want to go far, like, behind, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, because the director tells the actor how to act. Mm-hmm. So she probably, like, used, like, a voice infliction, and then, like, that director was like, no, no, you have to say this in monotone. Uh, you have to be a blank canvas like don't give anything up and then she just like probably moved her eyebrows and was like no cut the shit out you're not even, <laughs> not even eyebrows just stoic like a statue and like everybody else in that movie which is like Robert Pattinson went out to do Lighthouse mm-hmm. he looks great in the Batman movie oh my god did I you see the trailer own... yeah I saw the trailer it looks amazing yeah it looks amazing I think it's gonna be better than Batflick you think so I think I, Batfleck is, a, is the best comic Batman. I don't even think that. I, I just find him lame overall in every way. I don't know. Um, uninteresting, unestablished. Uh, you know what I'm, I'm realizing about myself is that I've never um, liked a single cinematic Batman's version of the Batmobile. Like, it's never been my Batmobile. Not even the um, the George Clooney one? No. I like the Batmobile in the comics that has the bat head in front of it. Like, as, like, a battering ram. Oh. The hammerhead shark-looking one? Look up, uh, like, can you look up on your phone right now while we're yeah, talking? Yeah. Look up well, McFarlane Toys Batmobile. That is, like, my Batmobile. It should be the first one that comes up. 
I see. Okay. Yeah. Matt, that, Matt, Mike, that looks like every fucking uh, Batmobile. No, it doesn't. Mind. No, because in the movies, they're always either too technological or too much like a regular car. They're never, they never have the bat head on the front, which I think it needs. Uh, I think this is like a perfect. So campy. I think if you took, if you took, um, what's his name? Uh, the one that's coming back for the Flash, Michael Keaton's Batman Batmobile. Uh, and you put that in the front of it, I'd be good. I, I think you'd like too much camp in your in your uh, movie. Uh, that's not that's not like a horrible thing though. Think about this grown man who's there to like stop murderers and rapists. Uh huh. And he's like welding a little bat like face on the front of his vehicle. Okay, but he's wearing no bat reason. ears. Like when in Rome. You know what I mean? You know what? We never the- even spoke about that. Like, the fact that he's a bat to begin with is so stupid. Yeah. So you gotta, like, it's a suspension of disbelief thing. And I think specifically, Batfleck, because his comic, his his costume is so comic accurate looking, it's like very, like he looks like he came out of a comic book compared to all the other Batmen. Um, I think his, the art style of his Batmobile just doesn't match him. His Batmobile just looks too robotic and, like, futuristic while he looks like he came out of a f- comic book from the 40s. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really the artistic direction they took it with, because the artistic direction of of the new like Robert Pattinson Batman seems also pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's the it's I think actually the writing. I'm not even gonna blame um, Ben Affleck. I, I really do think it was just bad writing. You know, he's in, also in coming part. back for the Flash. Yeah, I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. I hope Wonder Woman's good too. Uh, yeah, the I trailers and art style look dope so far. Yeah, and I love Wonder Woman one. Let's let's take a quick break, talk about our sponsors, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more. All right, and we're back. Wasn't that a great commercial? I liked it. I was in it. Um, uh, I have this written down. Um, one of my notes just says Chevy Chase cheesy puffs. Um, and there's some background there, and I'm gonna have to walk you through it. It's a bit of a long. Thanks, just bear with me. Um, So when I was in UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, uh, doing uh, Sketch Comedy 101, um, I was in the class, obviously not teaching it. I was, like, taking the class. Um, One of the sketches I wrote, I wrote a bunch of sketches for that class, and they were all pretty shit. But there was one that I was, like, I was thinking about it recently because I remember at the time I was sure it was, like, my magnum opus. And when I and like when we did the table read, it was like so fucking uncomfortable. Like people were like, not did not like it. It was because it was I guess they thought it was kind of gross and they thought it was a little like edgy. Uh, no one like it. Just it flopped horribly. But um, you follow me so far? Yep. Yeah. So the, the the sketch I can't remember the name of it, but it was like um, the 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 assignment was to do a commercial parody, and my commercial was like uh for like a cheesy puff thing uh where the mascot is like a giant anthropomorphic chipmunk like a guy in a in a in a a mascot suit so the kid it starts out the kids are like bored just came home from school and they're like you have any snacks and then the the guy comes out and goes hell about cheesy poofs and they're like oh my god it's chad the chipmunk um and the commercial like plays as you would think it does and then 
uh, everything comes to a halt. This voice comes out, and it's, you hear like Chad, and one of the kids' mom comes out in a bathrobe, and he goes, "Deborah, you look fantastic." Oh and she's like, "Oh, you don't, oh you don't look too bad either." And it just gets weirder from there. Like the mom really, like, like the implication is that like at some point when they were younger, the mom was fucking the they chipmunk. Dated something, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and date, not dated. Fucked. Yeah, and the mom is like clearly trying to get with him again throughout the commercial, where he's they're like eating cheesy puffs, and at one point, uh, he's got like cheese on his face, and he's like, "Oh, let me get that for you, Chad," and she just wipes it off his lips, and he's like, "Oh, oh shit," <laughs> and it just becomes more and more apparent that this mom wants to fuck this giant chipmunk, um, and it didn't go well at the table read, uh, mostly because one of the people had to be the mom. And had oh. to pantomime fucking a chipmunk at the end of the commercial. <laughs> like, the last line was her being like, Oh, fuck, Chad! And it was, like, really... No one liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's weird, yeah. I yeah, thought it was I hysterical. Nothing about it. No, I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I just think Mick and... Sh- Were they strangers, or did they No, we, I knew them. Oh. It was okay. it was not the first mm-hmm. class. I did not like go to a stranger and be like. And I I remember saying I was like, listen, I know we're, we're supposed to pick people at random, but I, I just want to make sure I can find someone comfortable with pantomiming sex. And like the girl who did it was a professional actress, so it wasn't like like she had done it before, I guess. Oh, see, I, I think if you asked me that on day one, I would have just been like, no. Yeah, I no. Found, found and I would have I would have gotten it. I didn't think anyone was gonna do it, and then she did it, and I was grateful. But. um... I thought that was the funniest sketch I had written, and I guess no one agreed with me. It's. I actually think it's pretty good too. Yeah, I just like that gold nugget. The only the the thing that makes the entire sketch is just that first point when you realize something's happening. When she's like, "Chad, is that you?" And he's like, "Deborah." <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the reason I wrote Chevy Chase cheesy puffs was because I was trying to think of like maybe there's a better sketch there of like a cheesy puffs par- parody commercial. And I started, it was like Cheesy yeah. Puffs, Chevy, Chevy Chase. And now my new pitch is Chevy Chase, Cheesy Puffs is the name of the the, the the snack. Yeah. And the commercial, instead of a giant chipmunk, Chevy Chase comes out and the kids are having a good time. And every now and then Chevy Chase will say a real Chevy Chase quote. It's like fucked up. Like That's really good. Yeah, one kid will crack that. wise and he'll be, and like all the other kids will laugh and he'll be like, you know, they're only laughing because you're black. Like that's an actual thing he said to to Donald Glover, (laughs) stuff like that, and that would be the commercial. I kind of I thought that was a funny idea, so I wrote that down in my notes. Chevy Chase cheesy puffs. Fucking hilarious about Chevy Chase. What? Nobody actually likes him. Like at first, when you're watching it, you like anything he's in, you're like, ironically, people hate him. They're actors. Yeah. And then later, people go like, we fucking hated working with that guy. None of it was acting. We really just hated being around him. The reason he's so good at what he does is because he's that person. Yeah, he he's not acting. Yeah. I think is what the, the creator of Community said. Uh-huh. What was his name? Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan Harmon. I think he said that's why I chose him to play that role. Uh-huh. Because nobody else could play that role except Chevy Chase. When- Chevy Chase is... Uh, uh, Pierce, What's the Pierce Hawthorne. Named, uh, yeah. Um, when... And you know what? What? It was great. Yeah. It was fucking fantastic. He was such a good character. Uh, people, like, I feel like people would be, like, in hindsight, they're like, no, Chevy, like, uh, Pierce was the worst character. And it's like, I mean, if you're... I mean... If you're, if you're judging him by him being in the real world, yeah, he's shitty. 
but he's a sitcom character. Every sitcom character yeah. is an awful person. That's part of being a sitcom character. Like Jerry in Seinfeld is an awful person. He's horrible. But he's a good yeah. character. They're, they're all well-written comedy. Yeah. Uh, they're more like set pieces, really. Uh-huh. Like, you have to make the funny happen, so you just play around with, like, action figures, slapping them together. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I see a lot of, like, um, comedy shows. Um, like you're not supposed to enjoy the characters themselves. Yeah. Because, I mean, who finds, like, um, any of the characters in the community, like, compelling? Well, I, I find them kind of compelling, but uh, I, an example you I would... find them compelling? Yeah. They have, like... I mean, liking them isn't finding them compelling. You, you find, like, Walter White from Breaking Bad compelling. Well, I think... Like, the example I'll give you is, like, Jeff in Community. This idea that he comes into this show being the most certain about himself. And by the end of the show, he has this... This, like realization that he has uh, followed this uh, path in life where he's never going to leave where he is now. That all these other people are going to go on and get jobs and have their dreams and he's going to be stuck at Greendale forever. Uh, because they've changed him to the point where he can't be the ruthless person he was when he started. Because the whole thing that made him a good lawyer was that he was like a dick. And now that he's not... He was really successful. Yeah, and now that he's not a dick, he can't be that lawyer anymore, and all he can do is, like, be stuck in Greendale and wish nothing will change. Which is, like, such a sad ending. That's why, like, I was... That ending got me so fucked up, the ending of Community, because just the idea... That that idea of, like, all your friends leaving is so real. Because it's, like, what real life is. That party I was just at was my friend uh, is moving... Because they can't, f- they they can't stay in New York. They're they're moving back with their parents, and um, that's like the end of the community. You know, that just yeah. happens in real life, and that's a really scary thing. Uh, but that's why I, that's why I find Jeff compelling. Friends for that exact reason, I feel. What? Like it's con- like you have to constantly be making friends. Yeah, but to to get back on the point is that that's why I find Jeff compelling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I could see that. Um, but the example I would give is, like, uh, Always Sunny. Uh, none of those characters are compelling or good people. No. But the situations are funny. Yeah. None of the people on Seinfeld are compelling. No. They're all funny. None of the people, like, that's Jeff in Community are, are compelling. Mm-hmm. None of the characters in uh, Rick and Morty are compelling. Uh, which is, like, I think a running theme. Like, not even Rick is really compelling. There's no arc, really. Mm. Like, you could pretend there's one, but there isn't. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it feels like this, and they've kind of touched on it in this season, this battle between the creators of the show yeah. and the fans of the show for whether the show should be serialized or... Like, I don't, I don't think they want to stick to this ongoing um, narrative anymore. They want to do, like, Simpsons episode by episode. Oh, and I'd love that, too. Yeah. I'd love that. I'd love, like, I, I wish, I, I kind of loved what they're doing season one, season two. And there was, like, one episode of, like, a running story arc. Uh-huh. And then the rest of them are just fun adventures. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the fans really got to the creators and uh, really, like, but also I think the creators kind of went up their own ass with that, like, yeah. episode that you were but I'm, to. But I'm glad that they're, like, they're now trying to be, like, we don't want to do that anymore. We want to do just 
random adventures. That's because I feel like I missed out. I, I feel like a lot of shows, that. specifically animated shows, are ruined by this idea that people are like, uh, "I want a serialized story. I want like an epic fucking J.R.R. token shit." And it's like you can't do that. Sometimes, sometimes it's just got to be funny. Adventure Time, they ruined that with that kind of stuff too. I think. I don't know if you watched Adventure Time. Uh, no, I was too old for that when they came out. Oh fuck you! <laughs> We're like in high school. I know, <laughs> but it was a it's fun show. Network. It was a fun show. I'm a, you're allowed to watch it in high school. You're you're one. You're the only non-emo kid in high school who watched that show. <sighs> I don't know. It was that it was, was funny. Kid show. But it was it was funny when it wasn't trying to take itself seriously. Then it had this shit where it was like fate of the world, romance, all this stuff, and it ruined the show because it's a fucking kids show. Let it be. Let it be like isolated stuff. That's like so many so many cartoons uh, get canceled because like um, people want this serious overarching story, and the way children's cartoons work is that eventually children age out of it, and then another generation will like come in at episode fifty and be like, "What the hell is going on? I don't care about this." That's like Samurai Jack. Yeah, that was really serialized, and it, it like you like it, it's kind of a cycle at this point. Where there'll be a kid's cartoon show, and then, like, some people will never get over it, and then they, they bring it back, like, ten years later. Uh, but, like, in a really weird adult form. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes bad again. Like, um... Did Sam- was Samurai Jack that. bad when it came back? It depends on really who you ask. Uh, a lot of people say it wasn't bad. I just, like, thought it lost kind of, like, what it had in... By becoming too adult, it kind mm-hmm. of lost a lot. Like, it was never an adult show... Um, also, it, it also just kind of made it a, a huge tonal shift from like where supposedly we left off to where we are like during this last season. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Powerpuff Girls had one of their ki- like villains turn into like a gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, like band member. That's so fucking weird, in like such a weird fucking way. That I, I'm not still processed it, and uh, I, I, I refuse to. Uh, have, have you heard about the live-action Powerpuff Girls coming to CW? No, but is, I'm, that's just not going to work. It's yeah, it work. sounds so it, bad. It just can't. It I don't even can't think work. DC shows work on the CW. I hate, like, fucking Flash yeah. and shit and Legends of Tomorrow. They're all, like, the, they're all like Riverdale. Yeah. You you come for the premise, you stay because of the uh, the love triangles. Yeah. Um, so many fucking love triangles in those. They're like hexagons. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Like, I I can't think of any real life scenario where I've ever been in that kind of fucking web of. Like, I'm sure it happens, but it's way less common than shows like that would make you think. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna immediately relate it to yourself. No, I'm not relating like, it to myself. Well, I'm, I'm saying in the sense that, like, I've, can you imagine? I've never gone. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't triangle. saying like <laughs> that. Wasn't supposed to be like sad. Where's my love triangle? No, that wasn't. Su- Why would I want that? That's so. No, I wasn't trying to be like sad. I was saying like, could you imagine how annoying that would be if that just came up no, as often in real life? Now. What? 
<laughs> I was like talking about Riverdale. Yeah, no, I you're making like, this sound uh, like I was like, like you, you said funny. something. You were like, yeah, these love triangles in Riverdale. I was like, why won't girls fuck me? Like that's not what was happening. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Bates Motel? Oh my God, you're, are you gonna are you gonna call me Norman Bates again? No, no, no. Uh-huh. There, there's a a love triangle in Bates Motel. Is it with his mom? But everybody involved is related to each other. Okay. <laughs> And it's so funny that they took the CW like, like, um, that's fucking hysterical. And they applied it to incest. There is like an incest theme (laughs) going on here. No, no, not everybody's related. One person isn't related, but like the other person. That's one too many, though. Yeah, that's still like a. And the worst part is that the the incest part wins. Yeah. I love that show. I love it. It's the only CW drama. Oh my god. Um, there was a, a Bates Motel. Bates Motel was. There was a pilot for a show called Bates Motel that never, like, became a series. Like, that was also, a, a, like, a, a psycho show. But it was a completely different show. Um, it was about. Um, it was about, like, the Bates Motel, like, years after Norman Bates is... Like, Norman Bates dies and leaves the motel in his will to another guy from the asylum. And every episode was going to be, like, some haunted shit is happening in the hotel in the motel. Isn't that crazy? There's two shows with yeah. the same name, same source material, and they were completely different shows. You know what? I would have liked watching that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched. I have the pilot at home because it came with like a, I have like a four disc set of five disc set of Psycho. It comes with all four Psycho movies, and then that pilot. I should watch it because it sounds interesting. Um, I like. Uh, I have never. I've never seen the, the Bates Motel that went on air, but I saw Psycho Four, which is essentially like what Bates Motel like. Bates Motel ignores Psycho Four and then tells the same story again because it's a prequel. Um, Yeah, I don't have much to say about that. Uh, I, I thought there was an end game to that. No, no, there wasn't. But I, I, it wasn't a good movie. It was like, actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this movie because it's kind of funny. Okay. Um, so, the plot of the movie is uh, these people are talking about serial killers on a radio show, and then they get a call, like from a, like you know, like they're like, we're gonna take some calls. And they get a call, and this guy's like. I was a serial killer, uh, and I don't like my mom, and I'm gonna kill again. And they're like, "You're gonna kill again?" And he's like, "Yeah." It's Norman Bates. If that's not if I, if I haven't given it away already. And <laughs> yeah, okay. So Norman Bates is on the radio telling them his life story. Um. And the reason he's gonna kill again is so fucking stupid because by Psycho Three, he's kind of implied that he's like free of his mother in, in terms of like haunting his brain or whatever super scientific term I just used um but haunting his brain, haunting his brain. I don't know what I can't think of what the fuck like his multiple personality disorder he's overcome it yeah uh but he he at the end of Psycho 3 he's sent back again to the psych ward because he murdered people a second time so I mean uh I have no idea how the fuck he got out a third time a, a second time but um, apparently, in between that time, he fell in love with a lady, a nurse at the psych ward. And when he got out, they got married. And they were living together. And the whole reason he's going to kill again is because she's pregnant. And he's like, if she gives birth, he's going to be like me. 
And that's like the whole reason he's gonna kill again. <laughs> um, Wait, okay, does he kill the, the pregnant woman? He doesn't, no, at the woman? end he's like, I can't do it, she's my wife, I love her. And she's like, I forgive you for trying to do that. Let's have this baby. I'm not worried about it at all. Hopefully it'll, it'll just never come up again. Yeah. Thankfully. Can you, like, I don't know a lot about genetics and that kind of, like, uh, and, like, multiple personality disorder and stuff like that, but that doesn't add up to me that he's like, it's my son, so it's going to kill people. Uh, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, but that doesn't fucking check out that math, if you ask me. Yeah. There's a scene in that movie, too, where it's, like, a, a flashback to he's, like, a preteen, and his mom, it's, like, really hot, and his mom is, like, also really hot. And she's, like, sweating, and she's, like, pour me some lemonade, uh, 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 what the fuck's his name, Norman? And he pours the lemonade, and she's, like, can you, can you rub some lotion on me? And he's rubbing lotion all over his mom. And then she, like, tackles him onto the bed, like, playfully. Yeah. Right? And then she gets mad at him for getting a boner. Like, she gets so fucking... And she throws... She makes him wear a dress and go into the closet. And she locks him in there. But, like, what the fuck were you doing that you... Like, nothing about that situation adds up to where she gets mad that he gets a boner. You know what? He shouldn't have gotten a... You're, like, I don't like the, the train of logic you're going with. But, but I'm like, I'm not saying that would happen. He got a boner. No, I'm saying if you're doing that shit, why? I don't know. I'm not saying I. I'm not applying I it to a real life comparison. But like, kick out a boner. Then we were just jogging okay, if, around. But it wasn't. I, but I if you were acting that sexual, you have to watch the scene because she's clearly like leading him on in the scene. It's very weird. It is from the POV of, of a fucking psychopath. I guess, but... Well, you know, she was like, hey, can I get some lemonade? And then he fucking tackled her in the bed, got an erection. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. You're saying he just... You're saying through the off. lens of the movie, get he's lying? <laughs> yes. That seems like a little, like, two four-dimensional yeah. chess for a straight-to-DVD Psycho 4 movie. Oh, yeah, they were shitty around the end. They yeah, I don't think they were playing that kind of chess. I think... It was just they were they they just for some weird reason were like let's tell the origin story of Norman Bates but make it hot or like try to make it hot like Lolita like yeah theming to it in my opinion which is weird because the the original Psycho doesn't have that really you never get the impression that he was like in a thing with his mom um I I wouldn't go that far personally uh it it stemmed a lot from the kind of like transphobia at the time. Uh-huh. About, like, if you wear a dress, you, you want to fuck your mom. Uh-huh. Type of <laughs> if you wore a dress, you want to fuck your mom. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go so far as to say, like, it... I kind of like it, though. Uh-huh. Not like the mom fucking, the, um... <laughs> uh, the aspect of, of like Norman it. Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Not the mom fucking, per se. Sorry, what were you? What was the point you were making? I completely like, forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I like that they added like a dimension to the character where they made him kind of like um sexually tied to his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot of depth in there. He's he, first he he looks really like the character Norman Bates. Um, he's really uh, boyishly good looking, and he acts really young uh-huh. and innocent. 
Uh, I so wish I could watch Psycho without knowing that Norman is the Psycho. You know what I mean? Oh, like the original people. Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was meant to be watched. Uh-huh. And I'll never know what that was like. Because I just... Yeah. Everyone knows Norman Bates is the crazy guy. Sorry for everyone who... If anyone was listening to the podcast and didn't know this, I've also ruined the no, movie for you. They had like... <laughs> they had like 50 years plus uh-huh. to watch that movie. But, um... The Psycho movie was the first movie you had to watch uh, from the beginning to the end. You, yeah. Um... In, in the old days, you just used go to the movie theater and sit in the middle, like, middle, whenever the movie, where, like, the movie was running, like, in the yeah. middle of it, and then you'd watch it to where you started, uh-huh. and then you'd go home. Or you'd watch it as many times as you wanted. Yeah, but that was the one where you had to watch it from beginning to end. Yeah, they were like, you can't walk in there in the middle of this movie or else you won't understand it. You have to, like, you have to show up at 4.30, and you have to leave through a different exit at... Six. As good as that movie is, I don't know that it's that nuanced that you have to like. like if you miss yeah, the first part of the movie, it's not a thing in the movie. Yeah, movies at the time. So but the idea that like if you walked into Psycho one fourth of the way through, you wouldn't be able to get it. It doesn't add up to me. Not get it, but there's there's a spoiler. Oh, oh okay. I get what you mean. want you to start halfway through the middle. Mm-hmm. Be like, I know these characters. I understand them. And then like you'd see the the twist ending and then be like yeah okay i guess and then you'd also just watch the beginning and be like oh i could see how that'd be exciting in any way <laughs> i guess they, yeah. they ticketed a big uh a big name like a top ticket actress to play the the lady that dies like 30 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. i guess if you walked into that movie one fourth of the way through you'd be like where's the lady on the poster <laughs> yeah yeah you see what i mean yeah it was a huge twist that she died like first uh huh. It was a huge twist that it was the boy that did it because everybody actually did think it was the mom doing it. Because the poster had like an old woman in a, in a fucking wig. Not a wig, it was her hair to them. Mm-hmm. For people who didn't know the twist. But there were so many twists and turns and things didn't work out the way they did. And the reason that there's like that kind of condescending, partly condescending, partly completely stupid uh, um, speech at the end by that weird dude. Uh, the doctor? Yeah. Who is also, yeah. by the way, in Psycho 4, the guy on the radio. Oh, neat. That's yeah. Kind of a neat little cameo. Um, like, there's a, there's a reason that, like, that speech is there. It's because, like, Hitchcock was, like, this audience is so fucking brain dead that I have to, like, ex- <laughs> like hand over the, the explanation yeah. of what the fuck went down. Did you ever... That's, like, all that added up. Did you ever see uh, Psycho with Vince Vaughn? I, I actually did, and I thought he knocked it out of the park. I think people. I haven't him. seen it, but I'm so intrigued by his performance. Like everyone, everyone says he was like he's not good for Norman Bates, but I don't see it. It looks cool to me. I feel like people are so mean to him. He's, he's such like a genuine guy who just wants to break into serious acting. Uh-huh. Whenever he does, he does such a great job, and people just keep going like, "Oh, you're a bad actor." You, Here's what I comedies. What I think I could understand about that com- about the complaint is that. So the whole thing about um, who plays the original Norman Bates? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I had to look it up now. It's gonna bother me. Do but you that know the name? Yeah, I do. It's gonna bother me. But that guy had those boyish good looks. Like he looked like a little boy. But okay, and Vince Vaughn didn't. He did. Vince Vaughn. He did. Wait, he had. He did not have boyish good looks. Right? No. Here's my point. He didn't have boyish good looks. 
he looked childlike in a horrifying way. So the the thing that makes that worse is because then it's like, well, obviously this is the psycho. Yeah, but everybody watching the remake already knows that. Yeah, but I could see how that would ruin the flow of the movie. Uh, Anthony Perkins, by the way, is Norman Bates. Sure. <laughs> he's he's really good in that movie, Anthony Perkins. No, he directs Psycho okay. 3. I know, because he, he really got married to that, like, entire um, role. Yeah. And the whole, like... I actually find it really, like, cute. <laughs> yeah. Really it's popular. weirdly wholesome for a series about that. Yeah, right? Like, he was like... I. I like this. I'm going to stay on. I'm going to play roles. I'm going to direct. I love the universe. I'm going to stay in it. Even if it's bad. The kid they got for Bates Motel looks just like him. I know, right? That's really and weird. he plays him really well. Like, all the little mannerisms that dude has, uh-huh. uh, he pulls off completely Did well. that show uh, get to see the whole narrative through, or did it get canceled? Yes, it got to see the whole narrative through. That's... Incredibly satisfying. And it was fantastic. It was actually fantastic. What, what was that on? CW season one. CW, uh-huh. I think. It got a little CW around the middle. Not middle, early part. Like with and him and his mom? I think, no, uh, with just like a random blonde chick. Uh-huh. Like he goes to school and stuff and like he's devilishly handsome. So <laughs> obviously like everybody's on top of him, including like the teachers. And then you're like, oh boy, okay, this is lame. Mm-hmm. This is another Riverdale where everybody's horny for one dude. And, and it's then, Norman like, Bates. It's fucking Norm. You forget this. Isn't this kind of like a dude who's trying to fuck? It's Norman Bates. Well, Norman Bates is just a dude who's trying to fuck. No. Like, <laughs> if you, if you, well, yes, but no. And, um, like, they do so much good with, like, what is, I think, a kind of a bad beginning. Uh-huh. That, uh... I don't, it's so good. It's so fucking good. You just have to watch it. You have to prioritize watching. All right, I'm gonna watch it. But um, it's, yeah, I recommend it. I know you gotta get out of here, so let's get to that article. Uh, for those of you who okay. don't, for those of you who don't know or haven't been watching the past two episodes or so, uh, we've started a new segment on this show where George surprises me with a weird article and then we just kind of reflect on it. So I don't know what he's about to tell me. Um, the first two articles were. Uh, uh, like we, we mentioned the big bird on the challenger thing that was one of them then last week it was uh 9-11 like 9 like not, suicide bombing suicide bombing like, in suicide uh bombers. in that game by microsoft uh yeah. flight simulator what do you got for me okay so this one needs a little bit of backdrop in, in uh global geopolitics right oh so you're not reading you're not reading the headline flat no, on I, just... I, I'm reading it I'm reading it but like you just need to know what the fuck's up if okay I, I drop this on you right? so um India and Pakistan uh-huh. have had a really vicious relationship. They yeah. hate each other. Okay. They're mortal enemies. They split. Like, not even Gandhi could, like, make them become friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pakistan has harbored um, multiple, like, terrorist cells. They found multiple, like, uh, terrorist cells in India and vice versa. Um, and it's, it's where the most likely location is that a nuclear war is going to erupt. Mm-hmm. Right? With all this said, there's an article that reads, Move over, James Bond. India returns alleged bird spy to Pakistan. What? Now, bird so, spy? Yeah. So, <laughs> like, this is a high-tech, like, um, like, arms race, right? Going yeah, a very high-tension, high-stakes yeah. situation. 
and India is like, fuck it, we're out of ideas. Let's get a bird, a pigeon. Let's fucking tie a camera to it and just send them over to Pakistan and like have them fuck up a like <laughs> nuclear program. So the bird was supposed goal. to like do espionage, like like fuck up the yeah. program. How? No, 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 fuck up the program. Uh-huh. Okay. I thought you meant like he was gonna infiltrate the 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 thing and like blow up the operation. <laughs> but you just mean he was there to record. Yeah, he was. Kind of drone. <laughs> Why do you need a pigeon for that? Uh, it's it's. By the way, this is like the James Bond of pigeons because it 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 was um. It was in pigeon racing, which okay. is a really big thing in the Middle East. If you know about that. So this was a celebrity uh, pigeon already. It was a celebrity pigeon. It was it was a pedigree pigeon. Okay. Um, this isn't your mom and pop's pigeon. No, this isn't like your typical like city inner city pigeon. Mm-hmm. This is top tier pigeon, right? Um, and it was used for spying. A senior Indian border security officer said, requesting anonymity. So, um, the ending of the story was that in 2016, a pigeon was taken into Indian custody. <laughs> It was found with a note threatening Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. What was the point of the note? It, it was just threatening the Prime Minister. I thought this was a surveillance they, pigeon. They, they captured him and sent him back with a message. Oh! But I like to think the pigeon wrote the letter. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally a bit from, from... You ever seen Top Secret? You did at my house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a bit yeah. from Top Secret. The pi- when the guy's like, uh, "I found the traitor," and he puts the pigeon on the table, and he's like, um, "And it's dead." And he's like, "I see you've dealt with him properly." And he's like, "Not the pigeon." <laughs> <laughs> I like this. The reason I like to think this is because the language in the article. Uh huh. Like, if I got a letter from like my spy pigeon and mm-hmm. it was tied to his foot, I wouldn't take the pigeon into custody. I wouldn't be like, dude, these words can get these words are treason and just put, throw them in a in like a, a jail cell. I would just be like, the enemy found the pigeon. And they Wait, they arrested their own pigeon? It says a pigeon was taken into Indian comes into Indian custody. <laughs> it after sounds it like they arrested their own pigeon. They arrested their own pigeon because he was radicalized in Pakistan. I like to think he was hung. I like to think he was hung. No. like shortly after. Here's two ways that could have been funnier. The, the first way is if he came back in a body bag with the note. And the other way is if they broadcast the pigeon reading that. <laughs> so they had. Oh, okay. I, I, it says here we had to take the bird into custody to probe if it was being used for spying. <laughs> I'm not sure if they still have the camera on it, like their own camera. So they have to be thinking they the, the bird was radicalized in Pakistan uh-huh. uh, and became a double agent. Uh huh. And um, at this point, I, I don't know how much like I, I don't know what to think of uh, Indian-Pakistan rela- like relations. Uh-huh. If uh, they really think that like the the fucking wildlife is choosing sides. <laughs> I I know this. Is, I know in reality the way this probably happened uh, was like they found the pigeon flying. And they're like, oh, I think that's a camera, and then they caught it. But I like the scenario in my head where they're at like some nuclear facility and the pigeons like asking questions and then all of a sudden they turn around and they go are you wearing a wire and they just like rip <laughs> the pigeon's shirt off and he's like got a mic <laughs> 
I, I, that's great. I like that they took the bird into custody too. Oh, like this is the bird. Just kill it. <laughs> kill yeah. the Any like, updates on that bird? Do they spying for you? No, there's no updates on it. He's I dead. Find anything else? He's dead. Like he just disappeared in an Indian prison cell, never to be heard of again. Oh my god. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we see that pigeon like in a in a completely different like in a fake outfit he escaped prison put on a mustache and is raising a family in the United States or he and like if you go meet him and he'll be like I haven't heard that name in a long time yeah or just the idea of the pigeon seeking anymore. asylum in another country oh I found an update India determines pigeon isn't a Pakistani uh, spy after all oh thank Christ it's just an innocent bird says um <laughs> wait I got a pop up uh fuck it's it's just an innocent bird, says Habibullah, the owner of the bird. Okay. His name was cleared. Okay. Um, I hope that bird didn't have to go through like too much. He definitely got an anal problem. Oh my they god. Check There's only so many places you can put a like a, a camera on a pigeon. Can you? Like, there's not that many that won't interrupt flying. No, that's what I'm saying. If if they like, why were they worried that he had another camera? Like, where else would there be a camera? India returned the pigeon, by the way. <laughs> I've lost track of where this pigeon came from. I don't know where his, his like I don't I, I don't know where, where his loyalties lie anymore. Yeah, I honestly I'm not on his side at this point in the story. <laughs> it sounds like he's playing both sides. He might be one of us. He might just be in it for the money. Yeah. He could be, like, I can like, see him being CIA. I mean, these are two powerful, like, countries going at war. Once the dust settles, uh, he wants to make sure he's he's got uh, an in with the winner. <laughs> Jesus. I respect that. I, I like this idea of, of animals uh, picking sides in modern warfare. Um, they knew it was good for them. They would. There's, there's gotta, I, I can't figure it out, but there's gotta be, a, like, a joke here that, that um, connects to pardoning turkeys. In this like world oh, where pigeons yeah, can, can be spies, that. there's got to be a see that. yeah. <laughs> he gets a pardon. Oh my god, uh, that's a good place to end the show. I like that. Yeah. Um, if you guys have an article you want to send us, you can send it to my Instagram at kitmichaelart or to our Twitter at, at @itskidmichael. Um, but that's it for this week. Thank you for watching. It's the Kid Michael Show. I've been your host, Kid Michael. My co-host is George Pacheco. I just told you where you can find us. Um, the episode, the theme song was written and performed by Matthew Rosenthal, and this episode was edited by Aristides Panagas. Thanks, guys.